Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you've had a great day. Maybe you just got done listening to Susie Larson live, so I'm glad you are still with us here at Faith Radio. Always love having you uh, spend time uh, learning about God's Word, and today we're going to do a bunch of that. But to get things started, we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety, because anxiety is a given. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, and the big question is how we deal with anxiety, and that is the important question. And we're going to talk to Dr. Glenn Pickering about that today. Glenn is uh, not only an engineer, but a minister and a psychologist. You put everything together in one bag, and you pull out Glenn Pickering, and it's pretty amazing. Glenn, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for yeah. the kind words. All right. Oh, of course. Of course. You know, sometimes when people are anxious— they hear mean things said to them because it almost yeah. feels like uh, it's some kind of spiritual attack that uh, people face. Like, you don't right. have enough faith, and that's, that's right. pretty hard to hear. Yeah, you don't have enough faith. You're doting. You're not really trusting God. You're not praying enough. You have to say these words. It's like, and so the fundamental message is your anxiety shows that there's something wrong with you or with your mm-hmm. faith. And I just think that is so unhelpful not to mention all over scripture we're told about anxiety and being anxious right now the bible makes it so clear god knows that we get anxious that's why when people get all judgmental about it i think wow i mean how often do we read in the scripture that jesus or god or an angel was calling somebody to go do some mighty task the first thing they say is be not anxious like right we get it when we come face-to-face with our calling or the things God's asking us to do, honestly, anxiety is the first reaction. <laughs> That's why the first thing they say is being unanxious. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the most Googled verses uh, in during the pandemic was Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything, but in all your prayers, ask God for what you need, always asking with a thankful heart. So we do have right. anxiousness, and it's really your point, which we're going to discuss today, is... The important question is, how do we deal with it? Right. Cause, and so let me start here. So um, so the Bible does talk about it a lot, about being anxious. And I, and I love the call narratives, all those stories and scriptures where God or an angel comes to us and calls somebody to go do some mighty work. It's, the call narrative is a whole interesting, fun thing by itself. There are like six steps in it, usually. Mm-hmm. And the last one, after, you know, God says to the person what they've been called to do, they tell God why they can't do it, of course. Um, and um, mm-hmm. too short, too tall, too old, too young, too doesn't matter. And God never really bothers to answer that directly. He just says, "But I will be with you. Be not anxious, because I will be with you." And they're like, "Oh, oh, okay." And off they go. Now, but then, just as they're leaving to go on this mission, the last and the sixth part of this very consistent sort of story that shows up in the scriptures. So they say, "Can I get a sign?" <laughs> 
Because even when we believe and even when we're willing to take that step and even when we're willing to do the thing God asks us to do, there's a part of us that thinks, really? Are you sure? Because we get anxious. And God mm-hmm. understands that. Always, always when somebody in the scripture asks God for a sign, like, can I have a sign? God's like, yeah, sure. Because you know why? Because God understands. We get anxious. We tend to doubt ourselves. And he's perfectly willing to give us all kinds of little signs along the way that we're on the right path, because he understands perfectly when we get anxious. Mm-hmm. Glenn, let's back up a little bit when okay. anxious people have been told, you don't have enough faith. Of course, that's very judgmental, not to mention very wow. hurtful. What about sure. listeners today who have been the recipient of those words, and they're still feeling a little stung? Oh, yeah. That's, I want to say my heart goes out to you. You know, I'm, I am genetically predisposed to be anxious, so I really, really understand that one, that there are those, I mean, we all get anxious some of the times, and there are some people like me and some of our listeners, I'm sure, who get anxious more often than other people. Um, but again, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. <laughs> it's like anxiety is part of life. In fact, when I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just thinking of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and yeah, I would think right. there was some anxiety there that night. Apparently, right. he was sweating blood, so I think your your anxiety would be pretty high. <laughs> that's a really that's a really great point and a really great picture. He was so anxious; he was literally sweating blood. So, right. So, even the Son of God, when faced with the really difficult things that God is sometimes asking us to do, is anxious, like fearful. And even said, you know, if this, you know, if this cup could pass for me, that's great. But I understand, mm-hmm. you know, it's not. But you know, if it could, that'd be great because it's hard. We get called to do some things that are way outside our comfort zone. In fact, this is why I know that anxiety is just a given in life, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit more in a minute. That um, we worship a God of transformation who's always consistently calling us outside of our comfort zone. And I think, yeah, you know what happens when I'm outside my comfort zone? I have discomfort. And another word for that is anxious. In other words, mm. if I'm really listening to God's call, I'm always taking my next step out of my comfort zone, which means if I'm really, really listening to God's call in my life every day, I'm always a little bit uncomfortable slash anxious. Because you know what? We've been called to do things that are new, that we haven't done before, that require that we learn a new skill or reach out to a new person or do something we haven't done before. And even if we know it's good, even if we know God is for sure calling us to do that, doing stuff we haven't done before makes us kind of anxious. So, Glenn, I, I would also contend that yeah. in your comfort zone, you're going to be anxious because you might be oh, sitting there going, oh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm doing what the Lord wants me to be doing. Right. In fact, I always think if we're not anxious, then there's a part of us that inside knows that we're settling for too little, and we actually feel sort of guilty. Like, I know I'm living too small a life. I'm, I'm the guy with one talent. You know, buried the talent because he's afraid to use it. So I just mm-hmm. really get, we're either going to sort of know deep down inside we're going to have this restlessness, like we know that there's something we're being called to do and we're not doing it, or we're going to do it, and that's going to make us a little bit anxious. You know, Glenn, maybe we could even talk about the word anxious, uh, because sure. let's put some definition on, on this uh, this word, because I think of anxiousness, and I, I feel a little bit before every show, and that's not a good, not a bad thing. I, I think it kind of right. helps. Right, it there, does. In fact, you, you yeah, harness some of that energy. 
I, I think that's exactly right. That um, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in the show about how sometimes we're anxious about being anxious. But the thing you just said is perfect. That we can actually use that anxiety as the energy that it takes to go do those things that are outside of our comfort zone. Hmm. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we agree on that because I, I, I always think that the, the word anxious uh, has some good connotations as well as some negative ones. Well, for sure. Anybody like you who's done entertainment or who's been a speaker or actor, doesn't matter, singer, mm-hmm. who's, been up, who's been up in front of a group will tell you, if you're not at least a little bit wired before you go before the group, that whole thing's going to come out really flat. <laughs> There's no energy to it, right? Right, right. You're going to be bored. The audience is going to be bored. So we need to be able to call upon that when we need it, that sort of energy, that intensity that comes from being a little outside our comfort zone. That's a yeah. really great point. Now, clearly, the the anxiety we're going to talk about today is more the the destructive side, the kind right. that is more debilitating than energizing. Um, right. And we are going to discuss with Dr. Glenn Pickering how to deal with anxiety, because that's really the important question: is how do you deal with it? Because it's right. Uh, it, it is going to be given. It's a given. It's going to be there. Right. And it's just right. uh, how you face it each day. Yep, I think that's exactly right. So when you go about your day, Glenn, do you think anxiety is something that pays you a visit on a daily basis, or how often does well, it show up in your life? Let me come back to the thing I said to you before, you know, because okay. I'm autistic, you know, and so I find the world hard okay. to understand or deal with. And so you asked me one time on the show quite some time back, what, you know, given my engineering background, psychology, ministry, I've written books, I've done blah, blah, blah. And you asked me what was my greatest accomplishment. And I said, every day I get up out of bed and I leave the house. Mm-hmm. That's how anxious I am. Okay. So, yeah, that, I mean, for me, anxiety is like a constant. I mean, I'm just like some of us, we really are just predisposed to be anxious. So I am always more anxious than the average person. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm, I'm so curious if that almost feels a little torturous. Honestly, that, it is hard. And um, oh, yeah. people say, when people say, well, Glenn, I'm a little afraid to go out and try something new, it makes me anxious. I think I can say with total honesty, I totally get that. Yeah. And, but I also understand this. If we let that anxiety run our life, that's why the thing you just said a second ago, we get anxious, but how do we deal with it? If we let mm-hmm. our anxiety run our life, well, we're going to end up with a really small life. And so when people say, Glenn, I know it's hard for you to be in the world. What gets you going every day? And I, my, my real answer is because I really get what the alternative looks like. If I'm not willing to move past that and go into my day with God's help, well, I'm going to end up with a really small life. And Jesus said it will call to have life in heaven in abundance, not settle for some small little life where I'm never anxious. So we need to be willing to move, to feel that anxiety and move past it, not let, us, not let our anxiety make our decisions for us. Mm-hmm. So we got to be equipped as to know how to handle it. And we're going yep. to learn some skills and tools from Dr. Glenn Pickering this hour. If you have a question or something you've heard you'd like more information on, you can text the question over to 877-933-2484. Dr. Glenn Pickering uh, is can be reached at drglennpickering.com. There's two N's in his name, G L E. N-N-P-I-C-K-E-R-I-N-G, drglennpickering.com. Again, 877-933-2484. If you have a question, we're talking about anxiety today 
We all deal with it. And the important question is, what are you going to do about it? We'll be right back. Oh, life can be filled with distractions. I saw a survey that said the average person will look at their phone 320 times a day. This Lent, let's take a moment to step away from all the distractions and let's read the Bible together. You can start this wonderful program called Reading the Bible Together with Us and you can learn how to better connect with God through His Word and through studying ancient disciplines practiced by Jesus himself. You can sign up for this free study now at myfaithradio.com. Let's spend this season of Lent focusing on our Savior, on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and what fuels our minds and our hearts to be more devoted followers of Jesus. Again, sign up for the free study now at myfaithradio.com. I'm back with Dr. Glenn Pickering. We're talking about anxiety today. Not, not always the happiest topic because we all have it, but <laughs> let's just tackle this thing and figure out how to better deal with it. Uh, Rosella typed in, Glenn said, are anxiety and excitement similar psychologically? Yes, in fact, thank you. I'll, I'll go on a long rant about that because it's so interesting to me. So thank you for asking that question. Um they did a very interesting experiment, a little psychology study a while back. Um, and what they found, they put people in a variety of different situations, and they came to this very, very clear conclusion that the thing we call anxiety and the thing we call excited are exactly the same thing. Hmm. Okay. In terms of our heart rate, adrenaline, the thoughts that are running through our mind, the situation. Because I could think, oh, this is really new. It's a whole new possibility that God's opening up for me. This could lead to amazing things. I'm really excited. Or I could think this is really new. It's a thing I've never done before. I'm not sure how it's going to come out, although it could be great. I'm really anxious. And and the point of the whole study was it's helpful to just be really carefully about how we're thinking about the situation that we're facing. Because Anxiety is really just another word for excited. So I could also say I'm really excited about what's happening, and that would also be true. And that's a way more helpful thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so thank you for that question. It's a great question. Yeah. Another question. Uh, if we ask for confirmation that he's actually called us to something, but we don't seem to find it, why is that? Does my question to God need to be more specific? I'm struggling with anxiety these days. Okay, mostly I'm thinking, if I ask for a sign and I feel like I'm not getting it, it's not that what I'm asking for is, too, is not specific enough. It's probably too specific. I'm probably expecting a certain thing where God often works in ways that are sort of surprising to me. So some of the listeners have heard this story, so I'll just be fast, about how when I was back in my 40s, I felt like I really want to mentor and, you know, I was expecting a 65-year-old former pastor, tall, slender, white hair, maybe who would be a mentor to me. Mm -hmm. And I kept asking God why he wasn't sending a mentor to me. And every day, every week after church, I would talk to this one gal, uh, um, 
Gulf in Guatemala, um, grew up in a Catholic church, went to my Methodist church, um, had two kids, had this faith that was so grounded, so down to earth. I would talk to her about something that was happening to me. She would say like one or two sentences that made me think, man, that's powerful, that's helpful, that's so insightful. And I wondered if <laughs> I was going to get a mentor. <laughs> mm-hmm. So very often God does answer our question and really does send a sign, but sometimes we're a little too specific on what the sign has to look like, and we miss the one that actually comes to us. So I say to people who feel like they're not getting an answer, you might just need to be a little more open to what that answer might look like. Mm-hmm. All right, let's... Actually, uh, in a more perfect way, even than we'd imagined. Go ahead. Yeah, um... Let's talk about what Jesus uh, talked about in Matthew chapter 7 about don't worry about tomorrow because today's got its own troubles. We've got got our own worries about each day, and with worries comes a little anxiety. Right, and I love this point that he's trying to make, which is so right, that very often when we're anxious, we're anxious about things that aren't even happening yet. So when Jesus said, why are you anxious for tomorrow? How about if you just deal with this stuff basically that's right in front of you? Mm-hmm. And here's why that's super helpful. Everything that brings us a sense of peace, and I mean like every spiritual practice, prayer, listening to great Christian music, focusing, choosing gratitude, healthy exercise while I'm thanking God for the body that he gave me, hanging out with Christian friends, all of those, the thing they all have in common is they all help me to be present. Because if I want to actually experience God's being with me, that happens in the present. And if Mm -hmm. I'm all projecting myself in the future so I'm not even present, I literally don't notice all the comfort and all the support and all the guidance that God has given me literally right now. So everything we call a spiritual practice from a Christian perspective is, is just a way, and I don't mean just, it's really important, is a way to be in the present where we can actually feel God's love around us and have that sense of peace that helps us overcome that feeling of anxiety. So Jesus is just trying to say, I get you get anxious, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It will help you if you just focus on the present. Because most of the things we worry about are things that might happen or could happen or we're worried that could down the road somewhere happen instead of just actually being right where we are. Yeah. Glenn, isn't it like 90% of the things you worry about happening never happen? Isn't it just a staggeringly huge statistic? Oh, for sure. And I think we just think, see, there's a part of us, and this is what Jesus was trying to address there in Matthew 7. There's a part of us somehow that thinks it's our job to control the future. And that that's what makes us safe. But see, what Jesus is trying to tell us is, no, guys, you're safe right now. I got you. Mm-hmm. You're already safe. You're already protected. You're already in my hands. You're Like, you're already in my care right now. And if you would slow down, prayer, Christian singing, read the scriptures, do the things that help you be present, you would actually notice that I'm right here with you right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people say, well, Glenn, I know in the end it's going to be okay. And I think, yeah. But what's more helpful is to know it's okay right now. Mm-hmm. Glenn, I would also say from experience and from talking to people who have had high levels of anxiety, that mm-hmm. prayer can be very difficult. Christian right. music can, can almost feel intrusive. Uh, right. Trying to focus on gratitude is hard. Uh, trying yeah. to get someone to go for a walk around uh, the block is hard. 
and just being in, in others in other company is hard when you're full of anxiety. It is. And so A, for sure that's true. That is absolutely true. And any listener who's listening, I want to affirm, yep, it's hard. And I don't mean that flippant. I mean it with everything I got in me. And so what I know is those things only work if I really put myself into it. So for example, if I pray and I'm feeling anxious, I don't pray with I don't pray with thoughts. I if I'm by myself, I will literally say the words out loud that I'm praying. Or if I'm not by myself, I will say the word that, that's called subvocalization. I will say the words in my head. Because mm-hmm. if we're just thinking, see, our thoughts move so fast, pretty soon we're not even praying anymore. We're just thinking about, you know, taking out the garbage on Tuesday. So if I'm actually going to do that prayer, that music, that scripture in a way that actually helps me be present, I have to literally put myself in it. So if I'm praying, mm-hmm. I literally pray out loud. If I'm listening to music, I don't have the music on in the background. I sing it with my whole heart. Hmm. I'm freaking out that you know I take my garbage out on Tuesday. <laughs> I've been watching you, man. <laughs> yeah. If, if I'm with my friends and I'm anxious, see, again, mm-hmm. it's when I'm present. I just know if I'm with my friends and I'm anxious, which, you know, it happens to me sometimes, it's I'm focused on myself. And again, or I could just really pay attention to my friends, notice what they're wearing, notice how they seem to be feeling, pay really attention to the sentence they just said so I could summarize it if I needed to. In other words, do the thing so I'm not just with my friends while actually thinking about something else, so that I'm actually with my friends. Mm-hmm. Or so I'm actually in that prayer, or actually singing that music, or actually picturing in my mind this person or this thing that I'm gratitude, grateful for. I'm just really getting on my knees and being grateful for that picture that I have in my head. So actually that... I have to like really actively put myself in that activity, which I get. It's mm-hmm. not always even more anxious. I, I get that with my whole heart. But I also understand, but it's that decision to really put myself into it that makes it helpful or not helpful. Mm-hmm. Another question has come in, Glenn, about anxiety mm-hmm. being such a terrible experience. Um, yeah. And the question is, when someone is experiencing this anxiety, is there... Um, demonic opposition i won't say possession even though that was in the question it is a demon possession i think well believers can't be demon possessed but uh, is there oppression that is attached from this the kingdom of darkness when it comes to anxiety well here's the here's what i think about that and it's a great question god i love the question people are coming in with today um i think see anxiety is actually fundamentally self-preservation so if i'm being chased by a tiger that anxiety kicks in, I start running faster, every bit of my muscles are going in one direction, and so I jump up on that train and say, because I'm totally intensely focused and adrenaline running through my body so I can do things I might not be able to do otherwise. So anxiety is actually literally there to save us. But, but what your listeners pointing out is, yeah, but I can get sort of stuck in that obsessive track where the same old anxious, anxious thoughts go through my head over and over again. I think, right, see, that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. That's where the prayer, the music, the focus, the exercise, the friends, whatever it takes to help me be present. Because, see, when I'm obsessing, there's an original fear. There's something I was afraid of, and that's okay. That, that, that fear is there to keep you safe. But then I kept obsessing about the fear instead of doing something about the thing I was afraid of and moving on. Uh, that's interesting. All right, Glenn, let, do you, let me take a little break here. We're going to continue our discussion with Dr. Glenn Pickering. You can go to his website, drglennpickering.com. He offers a lovely invitation if you'd like to 
uh, sign up for a, f- a free 20-minute consultation with him on the telephone. All you do is fill out a form, and you guys will arrange a time to talk. There's no strings attached. It's just quite a lovely offer. And if you know Glenn, you get a lot in 20 minutes, trust me. DrGlennPickering.com. We're going to continue our discussion on anxiety, and it's a big topic because we all have it. And if you've got a, a question or something you would like to ask Dr. Pickering, please text your question over 877-933-2484. And I promise we'll be right back. We are talking about anxiety today with Dr. Glenn Pickering. And if you struggle with it, I, I know you're going to learn some good things today. Um, uh, Glenn, I, when I think of this verse, this wonderful verse in First uh, Peter 5, and it says, having cast all your anxiety on him because right. he cares about you. I guess the couple of options we we can have when we're full of anxiety is, you know, some people shake their fist at the heavens and other people sort of humbly receive the suffering that is in their life and trust that God is with them through it. See, and I think that with them part is so powerful. I love how you said that. And I love when First Peter says, you know, cast all your anxieties on him. It sort of goes back to what we said at the beginning. God knows we're going to be anxious. Doesn't mean you don't have faith in something wrong with you. God understands perfectly we're going to have anxiety. Otherwise, First Peter wouldn't tell us, cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. And we need to understand that that's an act of confession, not repentance. And here's what I mean. So I'm not coming to God saying, oh, God, I feel so bad that I'm anxious or something wrong with me. I'm not repenting. I'm confessing. I got, I'm real, really anxious right now. And, and confess just means like I acknowledge fully what's really happening to me right at this moment. And see, it gives God a chance to just join us in that, just like you said about how God can be with us in our anxiety. We mm-hmm. do that. And I think, right. You know, when Paul says we rejoice with those who rejoice and we grieve with those who are grieving, I think, right. See, we're supposed to do it with God. We're also supposed to do the same thing with our brothers and sisters. Like, if we want that journey together, we won't be anxious. We'll still be rejoicing if we're rejoicing. We'll still be grieving when we're grieving, but we won't be anxious about it because we'll feel not alone because so much of our, what we call anxiety is about feeling like alone. And I think this all the time. When Paul's talking about rejoicing with those who rejoice, grieving with those who grieve, he's talking about compassion. And most people, they think they know what compassion means, but it's really, it's two words. It means cold passion, like cold, like together, and passion, like the passion of Christ. So compassion means I grieve with you. Now, mm-hmm. so for, lots of the listeners already know that my dad died when I was 19 because I talked about that pretty openly. And I had so many people say so many dumb things to me then, so many cliches. But see, the people who are actually helpful to me, a couple of my guy friends, so when I talked, you asked me how I was doing because I knew about my father passing, and I talked about how it's really a struggle. And, and they nodded their head and said, yeah, that would be really hard. Super helpful. They didn't fix it, 
judge it, tell me what to do about it, or act like somehow this was a problem I was having. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just understood. They had cold passion. They were willing to be struggling and sad with me. And so I just want to say to people, if you're anxious, that's what you need. But there are also people in your life who are anxious and struggling, and it's just important to remember that's what they need. They don't need you to fix it or judge it or give them some cliche. They need to know that you're just with them in that process. Super helpful. This is why we visit people in the hospital, so they know they're not alone, that we're with them. And mm-hmm. I just think when First Peter 5, 7 says, we'll cast our anxieties on it, it means we allow God to be with us in that process. And that is so powerful. And that's what compassion, human and divine, is all about. So, Glenn, if we're invited to cast all of our anxiety on him, mm-hmm. it must be A-OK to share our anxiety with God in prayer and right. to tell him yeah, we have anxiety absolutely. through the roof right now. Right. Just absolutely. let him know, not that, he, not that he doesn't know already, but just to right. say it. Absolutely. Just to say it, to be open, that's the confess part, where I just acknowledge exactly what's happening to me. And in the moment I do that, I will literally feel God's comforting presence, and I will be less anxious. So I just know for sure, to the extent that I'm going to really be just open with God, honest with God, and my friends, the ones who actually have compassion, so I can just let them be with me. But I notice that they are with me. And in that moment where I just know they really are with me, I'm nowhere near as anxious because mostly anxiety is not caused by our situation. It's caused by feeling like we're alone with our situation. Yeah, I feel like I just wrote a greeting card in my head. The cover says, God loves you, and you'd open it up, and it says, you're not alone in the fight. Right, exactly. That's it. That cold, that cold passion you talk about, you, you just need to let right. people know you're not alone in the fight. God's with you, right. and so right. are we. And so are we, and we want to do whatever we can to help you because we're with you in this. And I just think, every time I've been anxious, I'm not letting people be on my team. And I'm not letting God be on my team. And again, not as a judgment, just as an awareness. When I'm Mm -hmm. anxious, I'm thinking I'm all alone, and I'm acting like I'm all alone. And I need to remember that God and my friends are with me, and I need to let them be with me. I need to be open to that. Mm -hmm. So if I'm anxious... Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to let my listeners know who just climbed in the car that I'm talking to Dr. Glenn Pickering and we're discussing anxiety today. Um, and it's something I know we all deal with in some, in some way. Um, Glenn, I didn't mean to cut you off in the middle of your no, no, thought. You're, you're good. No, you're great. Okay. Um, another question it came in. Uh, Glenn, what do you think is the cause of the high increase in anxiety in teens today? And how can we help them? Well, here's, I'm going to come back to what we just said. Remember, all anxiety is driven by feeling like, not the situation I'm in, but feeling like I'm alone with that situation. And I just think, if you just look around, we don't get together with groups of people. You know, we text people or, you know, we send them a Snapchat or something. Mm-hmm. But so much of what young people call connecting isn't connecting. It's not even personal. And I think anything that leaves me feeling alone will make me really, really anxious. And so even all the communication that happens so much with young people, it's, it's like, wow, it doesn't involve anybody who's actually sitting next to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And Glenn, we've talked about this a number of times, and Satan always loves to work in opposites. So just take what God says, and then Satan reverses it. And when God says, I will never leave you or forsake you, uh, the enemy enemy is going to say, oh, people don't love you. They don't care about you. You're going to end up all alone, and isn't that going to be pathetic? Nobody's going to understand you. You might as well keep it to yourself. Or they're just going to judge you anyway. So you probably shouldn't even tell them. Or they'll just make fun of you. So they're going to bring it up. Or don't tell that person you care about them. They'll probably think you're weird. I mean, we get so many of those icky messages. Basically, the fundamental tone of every one of those messages is just be by yourself. And I got to tell you, the instant I think, yeah, that's right, Satan just won that game. Mm-hmm. Boy, you got to be careful not to let these lies surface in your brain and yeah, you start listening to them. Mm. Oh, I know. Which is why I just have to keep coming back to God's truth, that we're not alone. And so, um, so again, every one of those call narratives, God says, when the people say why they can't do what they're called to, God says, but I'll be with you. Because I just think it's really important to realize we will never be the only one on the team. So if God asks me to go do some mighty thing, and I think, well, I can't do that, God's like, Glenn, I'm not asking you to do that <laughs> by yourself. Oh, I'm asking you, will you, with my help, and all the other people I will bring alongside you, if you're open to that, will you be a part of that team? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why all those call narratives, when God says, yeah, but I'm going to be with you, then they're like, okay, great, let's go. Because as long as I think, well, I have to do it myself, well, see, I'm dead in the water, because I know I can't do anything great all by myself. <laughs> I need God's guidance, I need God's strength, and I need all the people that God's going to bring me to be in my team. So I realize now whenever God says, here's what I'm calling you to do, he means I'm calling you to be part of this team. But Glenn, for many, as we want to do things ourselves, we will think, I got this. Come on, I, 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 I can take care of this. Uh, I got this. And that that causes a lot of additional pain and heartache, doesn't it? Oh, gosh, I have said that to myself 10,000 times. And now, anytime I hear that running through my head, I just stop. And so even now, if I'm just going to a hardware store to buy a tool, and somebody who works there said, hey, can I help you? And I used to say, no, I got it. I kind of know sort of what it is, and I kind of know sort of what tool I need. Now I just say, yeah, it'd be great. And I left yeah. them, and I talk to them about my little project, and we walk, and they take me exactly to where that tool is that I need, so I don't wander around the store. I get exactly the tool I want, so I have to bring something back later. I just think, even in the smallest places, this shows up, this thing about, no, I got it. And I think, no, see, we're supposed to let everybody God brings us be on our team, even at the hardware store. Yeah. No, I feel like Tarzan in New York City in the hardware store. I, I got to get help as soon as I as soon as I walk in. I need help. <laughs> so no, that's it's it's great just to accept help and and to let people in on what's going on and not to not to feel like you're gonna feel foolish or people are gonna be judgmental. I mean, you need to have a good a good community of people that love and care about you and aren't gonna be judgmental. I'm sure that's part of the big fear. This is part of why we only do worship in community, basically, because I just think I go to church for two reasons. I want to experience God's presence, and I want to feel a part of community, because both of those tell me that I'm not alone. I agree. All right, Glenn, let's, uh, 
if we can, let, let's talk about some of the the what ifs. Well, you know, Wait. what what if yeah. I fail? What if I make yeah. this mistake again? Great. Yep. I uh, I always think one of the things that we do to ourselves that makes us anxious. We think, well, what if? What if I'm at Christmas party? Aunt Betty gets drunk. What if I try something and it doesn't work out right away? What if? And I tell my clients nowadays that I want them to change all of the what ifs to I wills. So instead of saying, oh, what if Aunt Betty gets drunk at a Christmas party? You think, Aunt Betty always gets drunk at a Christmas party. So what am I going to do when that happens? And I come up with a little plan about what I'm going to do, and I'm not anxious. See, we're anxious when we're in a victim place where we tell us, oh, something might happen and I don't know what to do. But the truth is, we always know what to do. So I'm just going to take two seconds right now, come up with a little plan about what I'm going to do if that happens, because it's almost certain to happen, and then I move on. And I notice I'm not anxious. And my clients have been using this a lot lately, and they tell me it's super helpful. So anytime any of you listeners hear yourself saying, oh, what if this happens? I just want you to change it to I will. In other words, of course that's going to happen, and here's what I will do when that happens. So I just have a plan, and I promise you, the instant I have a plan, I'm not anxious anymore because I'm not feeling like a victim. I'm feeling like this empowered person who knows what they're doing, which, of course, is what's actually true. Mm-hmm. But then you have to follow through with your I will yeah. plan, and <laughs> yeah. that raises another set of problems, I would imagine. Well, actually, yeah, it can, of course, for sure. But mostly it solves the problem because if Aunt, if Aunt Betty does get drunk at a Christmas party and I haven't given it 10 seconds of thought of what I'm going to do, now I'm panicked, I have anxiety running through my body, I'm sort of freaked out, and I'm not thinking very well, so I'm probably not going to come up with a very good idea about what to do. Whereas if I'm mm-hmm. in my calmness and it's not the party yet, so I'm just going to think, okay, well, cool, what can I do? I'm, I'm going to come up with a plan that probably makes sense. And it's probably going to be really simple. Like, I'm going to ask Uncle Jim to help me, and we're going to kind of take her into the living room until she can lay down. <laughs> I mean, just, it's going to be literally that simple. And mm-hmm. it's probably at least one other person. Yeah, it's, it's almost like having a, you know, a, a paramedic at a party, and somebody cuts right. their finger in in the kitchen, and they went, whoa, whoa, whoa we got a paramedic here in the house. Right, <laughs> we know. know what to do. Right? We know what to do. He's not anxious, or she's not anxious. Because you're prepared, you've got an answer, you've got something ready to go. And to me, I, I already, I'm already feeling less anxious, Glenn. Right, honestly, that's how it goes, right? Yeah, yeah. From what if to I will. That's uh, I right. like that a lot. Let me let me take a little break. Doctor Glenn Pickering is my guest. You can learn more about Glenn at his website. It is drglennpickering.com. Glenn is with two N's: G L E N N P I C K E R I N G. He's got a lovely offer there, too, that if you want to have a 20-minute conversation with him for free, no strings attached, all you have to do is fill out a form. You guys will arrange a time to talk, and you'll have 20 minutes. And it's amazing what you can get from Glenn in 20 minutes. If you have a question or something you'd like us to further discuss when we come back from our break regarding anxiety, 877-933-2484. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com.
I am back with Dr. Glenn Pickering. We're talking about anxiety, and boy, it comes in all shapes and forms and sizes and amounts, and everybody has something to deal with that creates anxiety. And I think, Glenn, I, I heard an author say once that you can you can cut certain emotions and feelings in half if you talk about them less. Uh, I think he said you can you can cut your anger in half if you stop talking about how angry you are. <laughs> um, or, yes, actually, because then, partly because you're getting yourself all wound up all over again, which, of course, is not helpful to your adrenal system, but also because every the longer I talk about it, the less I'm doing about it. Now, let me come back to something we talked about earlier in the show, about how sometimes we're actually anxious about being anxious. And let me give you an example of that that's so clear to me. I used to, I love teaching, but I used to get so scared in front of the group because I get so much adrenaline, I get so anxious, I could just, like, I could barely even talk. And I went to this talk by Bill O'Hanlon, a brilliant, brilliant man who talked about relationships. And I was, quote, unquote, lucky enough to talk to him afterwards. And I talked to him about my trouble. And he listened very carefully. And he said, Glenn, the problem is not that you get anxious. The problem is that you get anxious about being anxious. He said, you mm-hmm. get up there, you Heat goes faster, the adrenaline kicks in, you can start doing it, a breath coming more shallow, and you think, oh, no, what's happening to me? He said, so like we're talking about before with performers, he said, I get up there, my adrenaline kicks in, my heart rate's going higher, my breath is coming a little different. I think, wait, I'm ready to kick butt. <laughs> so, so part of what he was trying to tell me is, again, this is why I'm trying to be reassuring to people who get anxious, that it's okay that you are. Mm-hmm. So just to embrace it instead of thinking, oh my, like him, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, this is terrible. No, I'm anxious for a reason. I need this energy. Now, so that's one thing I can do to break out of being anxious about being anxious. Another thing is to just sort of back up what we're talking about before. I have a bit of a plan. So I had a client who got anxious sometimes in small spaces, and he was going on a cruise with his family. And he was very anxious thinking about the fact he might be in one of those small rooms and get anxious, if that makes any sense. So he was anxious that he was going to get anxious. Mm-hmm. So I had him get a, um, a medication from his doctor that helps a person who gets, when, they get, when they get anxious and just have it in his pocket. So that if he ever thought to himself, like he got anxious about being anxious, like, oh, my gosh, what if I go back to the room and I get anxious? He can just think, it doesn't matter if I do. I have my medications. That'll help me. So, of course, mm-hmm. he never had to. Because the problem wasn't that he got anxious. The problem is he's getting anxious about that he might get anxious. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I that half of the problem didn't have a problem. I see the same thing with people who think, well, I can't sleep at night, and I worry the whole time, okay, now I'm not going to get enough sleep, and so I keep asking God to help me get to sleep, and I'm worried that I'm not going to get to sleep, so now they get anxious about being, about being anxious, basically. And I always tell those people, get out of bed. Do something. So instead of getting anxious about being anxious, like, oh, my gosh, what if I don't sleep? What if I don't get enough sleep? Then I'm going to be really bad. Get out of bed, do something. Yeah. Exercise. Read a book, do some prayer, do something that totally shifts your mindset, and then go back to bed. Do something. Don't sit there in that, because once I get anxious about being anxious, honestly, it just builds on itself in a way that's really so destructive. So it's important to think, okay, I'm going to do something right now to break this pattern where I can feel myself getting anxious about the fact that I might be anxious. Talk about in the wee hours of the morning, Glenn. I think your anxiety uh-huh. can be spiked in ways oh, that God. are not when it's light out. Right. In part because we're more likely to be alone. Remember, because so much anxiety is driven not by the situation, but by feeling like I'm alone in that situation. Mm, like you're the only one not sleeping in the world? Yeah. If I'm alone in my bed and it's dark, you know, I feel alone. And mm-hmm. so that 
and really, really make us more anxious, which is why I, I, anytime it happens to me, I literally get up out of bed and I do one of the things that I was talking to people about to help me be present. I pray, I listen to music, I focus on gratitude, I exercise, I'm grateful for my body. I'm, I'm just doing something to help me focus on the present, where God's peace actually is, instead of on being anxious about getting anxious. Mm-hmm. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. Glenn, let's talk about if you've had some trauma or yeah. some... PTSD, and yeah. that's creating anxiety. How do you deal with that? Right, and that, that's not a hypothetical question for me since I have a lot of trauma. I uh, also listeners know I'm autistic, so, and I have a broken back and I had Coke bottle glasses, so I was that weird kid that people either ignored or picked on. And so going to school for me every day was awful, and I knew it was either going to be bad, like when everybody ignored me all day, so I felt totally alone, or the bullies were going to be mean to me. It was going to be really bad. So my only two options are that it's going to be a bad day or a really, really bad day. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit ago, I was walking into my office at work. I put my hand on the handrail. And it was just like the kind of handrail that I put my hand on when I was going to school. And I just was flooded with that PTSD experience. Like I, like mm. I went to school. And I just felt, felt filled with that same sense of dread. Like, oh, this is going to be awful. And I was able to just stop and kind of do what we've been talking about. I didn't try and fight it off, but pretended or fix it. I just stopped right there with my hand on the rail. I just turned to God and said, God, I'm really, really anxious about that old situation. I'm getting triggered on that old situation. And God's like, yep, I see that. And he said these great words to me. Yes, Glenn, that actually did happen. And it was bad. And there's something incredibly comforting, but just knowing that God knew what happened to me, that it was actually true, and that really was hard. And, and to just hear those gentle words, yep, that happened. Yeah, it was hard. It's, it's so releasing to me. Because, you know, when Jesus said, the truth shall set you free, I think it's just really right. So when me and God are just standing in the truth together, at that moment I wasn't anxious. I wasn't filled with dread, and I just went to work. So mm-hmm. I've, been working on that. I've been working on that a lot myself with all of my um, flashbacks. But just stop. Don't ignore it. Don't blow it up. Don't fight it. Just stop. Be with it for a second and just talk to God about how, yep, that actually did happen. And it really was painful. And mm-hmm. just be with that for a moment. And then kind of ready to go to something else. So sure. for me, that's been super helpful. Yeah. Here, Glenn, here's a question. It it, it okay. seems obvious, but I don't know what your answer is going to be. And the question from a listener is, can a positive attitude help with anxiety? Um, yes, if we know what that means. Yeah, okay, say more. Well, let's say I'm anxious about an upcoming meeting. And I could just think, oh, I'm sure it's going to go great. I'm sure it's going to be a wonderful meeting. My brain thinks, how do you know that? (laughs) And it's very helpful. Um, Dr. St. James, St. John, oh, I wish I could... At the top of my head, he invented this thing he called, um, mm, oh, it'll come to me in a second. But basically what he said is, we tend to tell ourselves affirmations, but we should tell ourselves affirmations. So if I have a meeting that I'm going to go to and I'm anxious, um, I could tell myself, oh, it's going to be fine. But my brain thinks, how do you know that? Wasn't fine last? Or I could give my brain a question to work on, which is way more helpful, like, What's one thing I could do to make this meeting go well? And now my brain, instead of focusing on all the things that could go wrong, 
It's focused on, yeah, what can I do that will help that to go well? And because, see, my brain works on whatever I tell it to. Mm-hmm. So he said people use affirmations, except a lot of times our brain rejects the affirmation because it doesn't seem true. Oh, I'm sure it'll go great. Based on what? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's not always that helpful. But I could change it just a little bit to an affirmation and just ask myself, okay, what can I do that would help this meeting go better? Again, what action could I take? And suddenly my brain starts kicking out all the things I could do to help the meeting go better instead of all the reasons that might go bad. And I notice then I'm not anxious. Again, I'm more excited. I'm more positive. So positive thinking, yes, if we do it in a way that actually works, which is where we don't say affirmations. We ask ourselves a question that's helpful to us that gets our brain thinking in a direction that's actually useful to us. Because our spirit runs our brain, so our brain will do whatever we tell it to do. Uh, that's really helpful. Just try to put some thoughts in your head instead of letting your mind wander off into worry land. Right. You're starting to think, well, exactly. what a couple of things can I prepare well right. for that will help this right. meeting go better? Right. And even, or you, absolutely, or even how do I want to show up? What kind of person do I want to be? I want to be gentle. Yeah. I want to be graceful. I want to be welcoming to other people. Anything I can do, where either I'm focused on what I could do that'd be helpful, or focused on caring for others while I'm at that meeting, will break yeah. me out of all crazy thoughts that just run randomly in my head if I left them. Yeah, or when I show up at this meeting, I want them to see the love of Christ in me. Right, exactly. Yep. And yep. Oh, that love of Christ. What's the thing I could do that would really demonstrate how much I care about each person in that room? And in that moment, I am not anxious. In fact, I'm not only not anxious, I'm kind of excited. Yeah. Glenn, always good to chat. Thank you so much for dealing with this topic topic of anxiety and not to be anxious. I appreciate it. Oh, I so appreciate having me on, being on the show. It's so great. Thank you. You bet. Dr. Glenn Pickering has been my guest. You can learn more about him at drglennpickering.com. He's got a lovely offer over there. If you want to sign up for a free 20-minute phone conversation, he'd be more than happy to do that with you. And you can learn a lot in 20 minutes. So go to drglennpickering.com. Awfully nice of him to offer that. Take a little break. When we come back, we're going to discuss the words of Jesus, our Red Word series. My guest is Dr. Leighton Flowers. Uh, We're going to take a break and be right back with Leighton in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.